Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, this is episode 10 of the designfootball.com podcast. I am Jay, I am the resident blogger on designfootball.com. We've got through a lot of podcasts now uh, and we've dodged the subject of crests. Well, this could go on no longer as it makes up a decent percentage of the website and it is obviously a major part of football design. I'm joined today by Martin Leroy again, who's been on before. Uh, he's designed Kilmarnock kits, as you're probably aware, and is a member of the site. Hi, Martin. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, Martin, you upload a fair amount of crests to the website, or have done in the past. Uh, uh, would you describe crests as a passion of yours? Um, I would say it's about equal to shirt design. I do like to sit down and draw myself a crest every so often, yes. <laughs> is that a euphemism? It does sound like a euphemism. <laughs> no, it wasn't at all, no. Just get uh, get down and draw a crest. <laughs> mm. uh, Netflix and chiller draw crests. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> I have actually invited women over to draw crests with me before. They probably thought it was a euphemism. It wasn't. I wanted to draw pictures of badges. Um, okay, so football crests now last year there were two this this really upped the level of the crests on the website there were two competitions uh i think they were both called redesign there was redesign and then redesign two this time it's personal and both of them covered i think they were like knockout tournaments so it's crest versus crest action but the standard was so high in these, have you have you gone through those? Have you have you noticed anything in those competitions that, that caught your eye? Your eye, sorry. Um. Yeah. Well, f- first of all, I loved the the way that it worked. So I think I'll, I'm just going through the tabs just now. Like they started off as like a group tournament. Certainly, one of them I think started off as a group tournament. So yeah, there was so there was a group stage and it went through like a knockout process. And I thought that was a great way to do it. I loved the way that they did that. Um. The crests. Uh, from that first one um, the one that I liked the most out of that one I'm pretty sure it was from that one was Kieran W90's Genk Crest yeah okay. there it is yeah the Racing Club Genk Crest I think that was my favourite out of that one um, but there's you're right there's just there's so many in there that they just they hit them spot on I thought very good designs in there yeah yeah it's it was something that we used to have when the, when the website first started it, it obviously crest would be uploaded and you'd think yeah that's great but it didn't never really seem viable so it'd be incredibly intricate and obviously people we've moved away from that there was a big thing with everton a couple of years ago where they uh released new crest and it was truly awful like <laughs> such a movement away from 
from the previous crest and there were petitions against it so they got rid of it and got something else but the re the defended the way they defended that crest was to say that reproduction costs are such that we need to do this and we we can't have uh we need to have a border around the whole crest now because it needs to be mounted onto things and it it turned out it was all a lot of it was rubbish but some of the elements were correct so you can't have things that are too intricate anymore because of the way you produced it and and the cost of producing these things uh that's something that's been picked up by the members of the website as well now so you look at things and it's like this this halfway between being an intricate crest like the like of which you would have seen in the early 19th century late uh late uh late uh, sorry late 19th century and early 20th century um where it was very very uh elaborate and and sort of a modern logo design now where it's it's simple simplicity is the key so yeah. they they get that balance right there and obviously a gank crest is always fantastic because they used to be called winter slag now <laughs> any, i didn't any... know that <laughs> <laughs> sorry to drop that onto you but yeah it's uh they they were once known as once officially known as winter slag so i think it's gank or it's it's ghent oh i don't know maybe it's i think it's i gent. think are they are they different i think they're possibly two different teams yeah i think you're right there is a ghent and there is a gank I which think. which one is winter slag are you, are you... Oh, i don't know this is the one that you've just <laughs> dropped on me i don't know this one hold on okay so i'm about to type into google winter slag <laughs> let's see what appears right okay winter slag here we go i, d- I don't like the slut shaming it's, it's terrible genk there we go it's, it, is, it is it's genk it was genk i shouldn't have with I a shouldn't have questioned myself it was it was genk all along so that that it's great to have uh uh, crests for i i don't know they should really depict the winter slag in the crest and if that wasn't present then that's a pity i take it it's not <laughs> it's it's not part of the crest there or is it is it there as a shadow is it a bit like the bear on the toblerone mountain is, is it somehow been integrated in that way it's um no um so what is a winter slag <laughs> I'm just I have these horrible images in my head of what could possibly be on this crest if there's a winter slag on it. Uh, I I'll tell you after the podcast what a winter slag is oh, right, in okay. my own mind, but uh, yeah, we we shouldn't talk about. Is this that something now. a bit too much even for the explicit rating on the podcast? <laughs> uh, I think I I yeah. Every every podcast so far has been listed as explicit. One of them. Oh, no. I, Mine wasn't the last one because then I started looking at listening to some other ones and I was like, oh, he swore, you can't swear. And then oh, I looked no. at the rest of them and they all had explicit apart from mine. So, oh, we, we didn't go. swear. Okay, well, well this no, we didn't. No, this one's definitely going to be listed as explicit. We, we, yeah, we've talked about winter slags. Uh, okay, so yeah, it was a great competition. Were, were there any other crests that? I mean, they don't have to have previous names that suggest things of a sexual nature. It's any any crest that you liked. Uh, from <laughs> from that competition, hold on, I'm going through. There was a uh, one of the earlier ones that I quite liked as well. What have we got there? It's Sportix Shandong. That was quite a good one. That was by oh no, sorry, Sportix was the person who did it. And yeah. it's Shandong. There we go. I quite like that one. The sort of halved one with the half chevrons across and I just like the the curves of the outline of the shield I thought that was quite a nice one as well mm. yeah it's it is worth 
looking at, I think one of the, the, the I'm not sure whether the, because you, they were given a team for each round, weren't they? They didn't necessarily choose a team. They were given yeah. a team and then they needed to design the crest based on that. So in the knockout rounds later, I'm not sure if the quality was, was as high, but sort of the best people had got to that stage, let's say. that. Well, yeah, you'd hope that going through that, that excellent process that would bring the cream of the crop to the top, yeah. Mm. And uh, I think it was. Looking at the later on ones there, I think... Generally speaking, I think the quality did improve as you went across, went through the contest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I did. Liver, uh, Liverpool Crest won it though, I think, didn't it? And it. Well, it was the Liverpool final. Um, ah, right, so it okay. was uh, Pascal Hugo and Decano got to the final, and I'm going to be a bit mean here. I think the ones that got to the the two in the final, I don't think were the best crests in the entire thing. And I don't mm. know if that's just because, because the Liverpool crest is so, it's such an emblem, maybe that you're so used to that the Liverbirds doing like, the Liverbird and the Shankly Gates they've tried to incorporate them, and I think they've ended up just being a little bit too busy both of them. Yeah, well, we have had interesting Liverpool crests on the site before, and mm-hmm. this is one of these moments that makes you really, really proud if that's the right word um there was a a thing that the joe.ie website did last year where they um they it was the 20th 20th anniversary of Cantona doing the kung fu kick (laughs) at selhurst park i remember that and joe.ie did a, a, a brilliant thing and it it spread all over the internet it was fantastic which was what would have that night have been like if social media existed and they did like i think or or just twitter maybe and it just had all these twitter people and it had like current footballers as kids like talking about it and it was really really good but there was like they had like a random liverpool fan what the liverpool fan thought and he was just like hansen i should just get back to france or whatever he's a it's a disgrace and the the a scourge of the english game and as his little avatar pick was the liverpool crest and it was a Liverpool crest from our site. So the people... Oh. Yeah, so they just got into like Google I- Images and looked for Liverpool crest to put in the, into this article for this this random Liverpool fan. And, and they just they'd, picked they'd, it up. Yeah, they found one of ours. It was a good one. Um, so that was... It was you know, it, that happens so often. I'm like, when I, I Google something or I'm trying to find someone's crest, what it looks like at the moment or something, it, it, the design football stuff's always quite near the top. It's always in the yeah. first page. You always can pick it out. Yeah, it's and it's the same with kits, and I'm sure it annoys a lot of people now. I bet it does. Uh, but that's it. It changed about two years ago. Something we we changed the setup of the website so it was uh, it was better indexed, I suppose, by Google. And yeah, that has that has happened now. So you have an alternate reality of kits. So you're looking for kit in. Uh, 2013, 14 Liverpool kit, and you you get this. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> We've obviously got these Stevens, designs yeah. off the drawing board, <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, yeah, that's not one I remember. Uh, yeah, uh, any others that that have uh, sort of grabbed your attention from that competition or the or the later competition? I think uh, one of the things that stuck out for me from that one was I was wondering what on earth was going on. There was a couple of people who got Bordeaux's their team. 
And I didn't realise Bordeaux had this biohazard symbol in their crest. Do you okay. know what, what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. Because yeah. I always associate them with the, the chevron across the chest, and I think that's what's in the crest at the moment. But then everyone was picking this biohazard symbol. I think, actually, I can see it on the current crest right now. But all I think as a scientist, I'm just thinking, oh, biohazard. <laughs> well, <laughs> Interesting. Um, as, as as an Olympic de Marseille fan, um, they haven't won at Bordeaux for, I think, like 30 or 40 years. So... For us, they they are biohazards, so <laughs> it's it's incredibly fitting. I would imagine uh, it's something sort of uh, it will be heraldic in some some way. I would have thought probably, I would have uh, thought so, and yeah. maybe connected with the French Revolution and all that kind of Girondin de Bordeaux. I, I don't know something like that. So Possibly, that's, I've I've never looked into the. Bordeaux Crest is not one I've ever drawn, so I'm sure I would know if I'd looked into it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's but biohazard. It, I mean, there's no reason why a, a, a football club. There's so many football clubs that we could choose that should have a, a biohazard symbol uh, <laughs> on their crest. Uh, Bordeaux, maybe. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, I, there's a lot of crests that I see on the website, and I think are, are fantastic. Um, the other thing that happens sometimes is someone put, will put a great crest on on there and then you'll suddenly see it appear in, I think it's deliberate, but someone will then put a, a fancy kit on there. Either the same person or another member will put a fancy kit on the website and use the crest that someone else has put on there. So yeah, one, I've seen that happen a few times. It's happened to a couple of, of Macomarnock ones when people have put Kilmarnock kits up from Macomarnock crests. Ah. Which was, it's always quite nice. It's like, a, ah, you like it. Excellent. Yeah. Or, or you Googled it and it came up on the first Yeah, one. exactly. <laughs> so well, that must be the actual one. I will take that and I will put it on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a good thing. The, one of the ones that that's happened to is Steve-O did uh, a Leeds crest years ago. And it was like the, the rose thing, the white Yorkshire rose, and that was great. And in the middle of the Yorkshire rose, like, what, what do you call... You're a scientist. You probably know this. Oh, are you, are you a... What sort of scientist do you have to be? Is this biology or something? For... Plants is biology, so I could be out of specialism here, but go on. What's the question? What's the middle bit in a flower? What do you call that? I, I know the bits that are in the middle. I'm sure it's got, like, a, a name. Um, oh. There's, like, the, the style, the stigma, the anthers... Uh. Filaments, all oh, those—they're the reproductive organs of the plant. So this is definitely getting X-rated here. We're talking about reproduction now. <laughs> it's, it's asexual reproduction, though. It's the—it's the, it's the one that I practice, funnily enough. Uh, <laughs> um, the the middle of uh, the middle of the flower bit, which so you've listed lots of different parts of that middle bit, but the middle bit as a whole that's coloured, and then the bee comes in and it does something and takes one bit and. Is that right? Something like that happens, doesn't it? Um, yeah, the bee comes along, takes some pollen, flies off to another plant, drops but, it on that one. But that that will all end because the bees are almost extinct now. Well, yeah, this is the problem. So no more food for us, no more crops. Ah, such a shame. Anyway, the, that middle part of the flower, Steve-O made it into that 70s 
Leeds United badge. You remember the LUFC smiley badge thing? Yeah, and he made, yeah. He made that the centre of the flower, which is just fantastic. So other I've people f- have taken that and put it onto the kits, which is great yeah, as well. I've found that now. I was, hopefully you didn't hear me typing too much, but I've quietly typed in Leeds United and I found that on the website. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? And I can see a few people later on have done the exact same thing. They've taken that idea and run with it. Yeah. Designers as well, because it's, it's a great idea. It is a great idea. I think then we may be slipping into that area where it's too intricate for it actually to to happen, which is a shame because that is something that definitely should always be should yeah. always be the case. That that should remain as part of the crest in the middle there. So that's a a really good one. Uh, my favourite crest, I don't think, which is is always the way. Like, oh, you won't have heard my favourite song ever because it's been discontinued. But my favourite crest. Uh, is no longer on the site, I don't think. It's someone called Rabbi. Now I'm not sure he is a, an actual rabbi, but I would love it if he if he is. Uh, a guy called Rabbi uploads to the site, and he he's the the sort of the crest master in certainly in terms of um, how many crests he uploads. So so yeah, I know, many. I know exactly who you mean. Yeah, yeah. So he uploads a, a whole load, and we had a competition once such a bizarre competition it was design kits and crests for Dortmund if they won the treble so if they won the German League and Cup Bundesliga and what was the other thing Pokal or something the German Cup yeah the German Cup yeah I know what it looks like it's it's Pokal I think you're right yeah Mm. and and the Champions League of the same season because everyone was thinking Jurgen Klopp's team were they were the the best team in Europe at the time that was the thinking behind it uh, in the end I think Bayern won the treble that season and it might have been the season when Dortmund were runners up to them and like lost out to them in everything probably <laughs> yeah I think you're right yeah. um, or I don't know anyway there was a competition for this to, so design a kit for them as treble winners they've won everything and design crests for them as well and what there was a crest by Rabbi which you put up and it, it incorporated the three trophies into the crest it's just the most fantastic thing if i could find it somewhere then i'll put it on the notes and you'll see it if it's not there on the notes then i couldn't find couldn't find it and uh it's just another example of i liked his earlier stuff and you're just not cool enough to to know about it so sorry just about trying that. to be a bit of a hipster here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i tell you what, you're you're going through like the internet history engine thing that r- records all the pages that have ever been the internet and you're just picking out things that have been taken away and say yeah that's my favorite <laughs> yeah you've never heard of this one but that's my favorite if if they're oh, i don't know if they're i don't know how that works i don't know how to use the internet well enough but if there is a a way you could find the the cached page that have that crest on it then that would be fantastic I, I reckon I've got it saved on my PC so if I can find it it'll be on the notes now um, okay so those are the the competitions now we should probably talk a little bit about uh, real life crests as well um, what what crests through history are you have you been particularly impressed by is it what or what era of crests do you like the thing with crest design is, as you're right, it's changed over the years. So there's different styles compared to, like you were saying, the late nineteenth century compared to now, because they need to achieve different things. Um, I like, I like the old town crests. So the ones that you're talking about that have got the intricate detail, like the mantling and the shield in the middle with the supporters. 
like how a proper heraldic thing should look. So I like oh, what ones have still got that just now. I think Wigan had it just before they changed a few seasons ago to their more modern one. They had still the old one with the supporters. I like their one. Um, I quite like, although I think this is controversial, I think a lot of people don't like it. I like QPR's current logo that they've mm. got just now. I think they're changing it this season, aren't they? They're going into next season. But it's got the the nice mantling around the outside. That's the sort of the feathery flowing cloth that comes off the top of it, and I like that. So they've managed to they've managed to bring that sort of style into a modern crest, and they've done that quite well. And yeah. then, well, that was a sigh. If you don't agree with me, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I I think that I think that crest is absolute bullshit. And the <laughs> reason why I think it's bullshit is because it's. It it has sprung up from nowhere. They've instead of instead of them actually, I don't think it's like an original crest. I think so they they said to someone, our crest is is too modern. It's it doesn't imply history. So let's create a history, and it's it doesn't do that. It it looks exactly like what's happened where they've gone. Let's pretend that we 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 have like a backstory when in fact we don't you don't just... okay I, gr- I agree with you that when people try and make a, a false history maybe i just don't know enough about it maybe if i knew a little bit more i'd be in the same boat as you but it was just the the, the just the way they'd put it together i thought it worked and you remember what you were saying about how they have to apply it to the shirt they've got this when it's actually applied to the shirt it's embroidered onto quite a big patch and i think that looks quite good as well but We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, if it if it was going back to an old crest, then I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I don't think it is, and it was it's gone already. It was only about five years ago, wasn't it? That it was. Yeah, it's it, reasonably bad. It was one of the times they got promoted to the Premiership recently. I think they changed it for you. And what was that about? That's it. Just seems such a strange thing. And the whole QPR, the 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 interlocking letters done in the 80s way or the 90s way whichever way and the new ones they gave four I think it was four options that the fans got to choose between and they were all pretty good and the one they chose was re- like really fantastic and it's like why did you think that you wanted to take that out to get rid of that part of it it just I don't know uh, you're you're right the the old QPR in the locking letters was very iconic and I think I do like that crest but I think they should have stayed with the old one. That's a very strange thing to say. I say I like that crest, but I think they should have stayed with the old one. I think that yeah, the cute the interlocking letters are good. It is a strange decision to to create a new uh, <clears throat> to create this new crest, and then people are starting to come to terms with it because it, isn't there a team in Africa that that stole it as well? I can't remember who it is, but there's there is definitely a, a like for like copy of it by one of the big African football uh, African clubs and that's that's a little bit tragic as well that they've <laughs> I can imagine them googling it googling like English crests and seeing that one and goes oh that one that's like an original one from the late 19th century we're going to steal that one <laughs> and then <laughs> then they get sued by a big design agency because it's actually only a couple of years old and it's got like massive intellectual property on it but I, I yeah. I, I don't understand why they'd now say 
oh yeah okay you know that thing that you hated that now you now has grown on you well we're getting rid of it again and we're having a better thing because you could only be happy with the news but also what's the point why was it why was it so pressing to change the crest again i think i think people well when teams do change crests people always say oh but this has been our crest for years this has been our crest for years but if you look back at a lot of clubs who are saying that they've made even just minor changes once every five or ten years it does happen and I think maybe that gets lost in a lot of people like it seems like something has been around for ages but a lot of the big clubs change their crest quite often like mm-hmm. it's very rarely they'll keep them for more than 30 years they'll change them yeah uh, Chelsea change theirs quite often I think don't they There's, they've had so many since since the well since I started being interested in football in the yeah. early 90s let's say they've yeah, they've had quite a few examples for... All right, they had their centenary at some point and there's, mm. there seems to be various other things that have happened. And I, I don't know whether they're going back to original crests or... I don't know, maybe... I think for Chelsea, I think the one that they've got at the moment is based on original crest. I think they did go back properly to history there. Mm. Okay. The the lion they had a lion well with cfc in big letters in the 90s i think that was a good one it was good but it was very 90s i think what you'll find with crest design is it doesn't seem like it at the time but the crests can definitely age where they were from they were of a certain era and i think that was a good crest but i think it did need to be changed yeah forest keep theirs though don't they forests don't go back to another one and they've that's a very sort of 70s design yeah but i suppose it came about in the 70s i can't imagine it's any older than that because it certainly doesn't look older than that i wouldn't have thought Uh, so no but that's because they've persisted with it it's almost as if you can't argue with it now you can't say that it's dated because now it is definitive yeah that's the thing like i think it it's it does look of that sort of 70s era but because they've persisted with it for so long it's sort of become timeless it's just it's what you mm. it's what you think of when you think of forest you think of the tree and the three stripes underneath it so it kind of loses the style that it's from if you know what i mean yeah regarding those three stripes underneath it and i, I don't think that's the thinking behind it but there's a fantasy kit which i'll pop on the notes as well which uh, it's an Adidas. Oh, obviously their kit is made by Adidas at the minute, but this fantasy kit is an Adidas kit. I think it's a fantasy kit. Yeah, it must be. And they've sort of integrated the the. I think maybe it's a watermark. They've got the crest, and then they've integrated the, the three Adidas stripes with the three wavy Trent because it's it is to depict the it's river the, Trent. The Trent I think. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. So they've integrated that with the three Adidas stripes, and that's really clever. And I don't know why they haven't done that surely you would do that if if not on the kit then you'd put it on a bobble hat or something wouldn't you you'd you'd have the badge on the front and then the three stripes going all the way around the I bobble like hat continuing out yeah, yeah. okay uh, have that for free. <laughs> yeah oh you're giving it for free oh should i not i know uh, i think you've got to some disclaimer right now so you're going to take some money from that idea well we this is is uh oh yeah so i've got to go i've got backtrack haven't i okay so yeah uh if you are interested in using that idea, Adidas or Forest, then contact me. Uh, I was only joking about you can have it for free. You probably would have to pay me, but we'll 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 discuss that. And um, 
yeah, uh, this this podcast is dated. Uh, we have timestamps and so on. So if you do go and do that, then I probably won't see you because I don't have any money. But please don't do that. Uh, so that that would be a great hat. Yeah. Um, so any other crests through history that that matter to you? Um. Well, the Kilmarnock one obviously matters to me. Um, I think I'll probably bring that up when we move on to one of the topics later in the podcast. But um, I, I liked the older Kilmarnock crests, but it couldn't exist for reasons we'll talk about. Um, then other crests, I like sort of in, in the same line as the QPR crest. I might get shot down for this being a Kilmarnock supporter, but I, I like the Rangers interlocking letters as well, the RFC. That's quite nice. It's quite timeless as well, even though it's definitely of a certain era, like the beginning of the 20th century. Yeah, this is a this is an important thing about crests. So, you and I don't know. So, <laughs> this is an important thing about crests, which is also going to demonstrate my ignorance. But you have a certain area on the shirt that you can put a crest into, and yep. how you use that is up to you. So, if you, I think if you if you put it on a patch and then you have a coloured border on the patch then that becomes part of the crest. So the crest inside is going to be much smaller because you've decided to use up your area with, with the colour border. If you have a white patch on a white shirt and you put the border on this patch as white, then you could have the crest bigger. So the, the coloured area of the crest, you can have... Does this make sense? What's I, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I've looked into this a little bit when I, when I was looking at the Kilmarnock kits and stuff like that and how big we could make all the sponsors and things like that. So I know what you mean, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, one of the things that Rangers, as you say, Rangers used to have the interlocking letters. I th- they still do. They still do them, yeah. But they they do this thing where <laughs> they have the stars over the top. I think, and that it, those stars, if the stars you've decided to put the stars on, then it is part of the crest. So the the interlocking letters end up having to be smaller because they've decided to put the stars above. Uh, if the stars are given by the league or the or FIFA or UEFA and, and that kind of thing, then they're exempt from that. So you can have your crest as big as you want and then you can have the stars on top as a separate element. And and then it doesn't uh, compromise the size of, the, of your own crest. So Rangers in the 70s, let's say when they... I, I shouldn't bring this up all the time, but I think in 1973 they went to Barcelona and they lost the european i think they no maybe they won it actually i think they won the european cup winners cup they've definitely won the cup winners cup i know that much yeah yeah i think it was 73 and then they absolutely trashed barcelona so that's uh, so ever since then anyone from britain or could be construed as coming from britain gets pickpocketed in barcelona as as retaliation for for rangers fans smashing the place up uh that for that match they had big crest because they didn't put any of the crappy stars on there because they hadn't won enough titles to have five stars or whatever mm-hmm. um and then modern kits they they had numbro one which nodded back to that and they did the same thing again and they moved the stars down the side of the shirt as as a detail down the side so then that those the interlocking letters could be much bigger that's a much better idea than having it small and rages in the 90s as well i think maybe put a board around it or a scroll at the bottom and that wasn't good either. So they've got such a distinctive crest that they should just focus on that. And any other stuff is just faff, really. 
Uh, yeah, I think what they've been doing more recently is they have just been con- um, concentrating on those interlocking letters. But you're right, in the 90s they had sort of like, it wasn't even just a, a little scroll, it was like this big wavy three three scroll thing that was going around it. And they've also, because they've got two badges, um, so they've got the interlocking letters, but they've actually got another badge as well with the line in the middle. And you know the one I mean that sits in the football. And they used, did they use that? I'm, t- I'm questioning my own thoughts here. I think they've used that in in kits in the nineties, but I think the letters are a lot better. But I think one of the more recent kits, maybe this is something to do with the stars. It could have even been that umbral one. They had the stars on the blue shirt, embroidered in blue, mm. possibly to get round that that you were talking about. Because remember that umbral one, the letters were very big. It was. Like, because back in the seventies, it would have been a very a much bigger crest. So they went for the retro big feel. So I think maybe they turned them blue, so to get around that rule. Yeah, and that is something I think, because England have done that as well. They've they've had the the star in the same colour. So I don't know whether it is actually FIFA allow it, or I think they're entitled to wear a star, England, but they haven't always had it. Or they've had it in the same colour as the shirt sometimes. But I think to make the crest bigger. And England took the England bit, England legend off the top of the crest so it, so it could look bigger again. And yeah. even Brazil did it uh, for the last World Cup, which <laughs> I don't know. that Maybe that was a bad move. But so they could make their crest bigger. They took the Brazil wording off it. So then it looked better as well. It's, it, so, so for some of these teams, there's no need. Like England, for England to have the England legend above it is just pointless I don't know why they would ever have had that it's such a distinctive crest yeah like as a Scotsman I must say I do like the England crest it's changed slightly over the years like you're right they've had England written above it but then they took it away again but it's still been the same basic thing and I'm a little bit jealous of it because the Scotland badge at the moment seems to change all the time and when we first went to Adidas recently they sort of did an interpretation of what it was like in the 60s and 70s and I thought it was fantastic and then they went and did a modern version of that one and it's all uh, it's a nightmare, they've taken something that was so good and they've just destroyed it to make it look more modern Yeah. I wish we could just keep the same thing all the time so the Scotland crest yeah Yeah. It's I um. See, this is where where there's a difference between someone who has, uh, who who has a an interest in in the club, um, who is invested in in the club or the or the national team, and someone who looks from the outside. So I look at that crest, the current one, and I think that's fantastic. I don't I don't understand for one of the kit or the not it's not the current kit, it's the one, the outgoing one. I think they made it one color, like a monochrome crest. Yeah, it was silver, I think. Yeah, it was the colour we used here. Uh, it was quite a good kit, but it was they made the crest silver, which worked for that kit. But I don't really understand why they ever do that. I don't like it. But they they had done that to it. But I do see from the outside, it does look a re- like a really good crest. So I'm that's that's where we differ. But if you have an idea of the traditions and so on, then you probably look at it and go, well, there's no need for them to do that. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is like to act that actual crest that we're using isn't a bad crest but international football I think has got a bit more of a traditional mysticism about it where that crest that they had previously to that was just it was 
very timeless. It was very. This is what people remember from the glory days of Scottish football, and it stood out. But they've just. It was just the fact that they took that crest that a lot of people wanted to return for a few years, and just made a modern version of it. So it wasn't timeless anymore. It was of the modern era. And I don't think it is a bad crest. I just think they did the, the wrong thing implementing it. Hmm. The the other argument is that uh, not many people are going to remember the last time Scotland were on the world stage in a in a tournament. So <laughs> that's, that's just cruel. I don't know why I do that. Did you have to say that? <laughs> but the, I remember. Oh. I remember. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, okay. We, we, you're relatively young, so yeah. If you do remember, then yeah, maybe others would as well. But it's only brief, isn't it? When you're in the tournament, it's like, it, do you have time to to actually digest what Kit and Crest Scotland were wearing before they uh, not. No. they just uh, go home? Okay, uh, yeah. Something we've touched on there is the the difference between. Well, I'm not sure with Rangers, they might actually have never worn that that other thing. That might be like a, a corporate logo. I don't remember them ever wearing it on a shirt, but. I'm prepared to be proved wrong on that. Uh, a lot of a lot of teams now, and Liverpool have just gone back to this. Is they have a, a corporate logo and a a logo or a crest that is worn on the shirt. So Liverpool now just wear the liver bird again on the shirt, but they still have that massive multicolored thing that they brought in. They brought in for the centenary in 1992, and then they slightly amended it as as something uh, going forward. Um, Tot- uh, Tottenham and, and France do this as well, I think, don't they? Yeah, they do. So certainly the French one. I know the French Federation logo is in that hexagon. I think you talked about it in one of the recent podcasts as the hexagon shape. And it's got this very stylistic cockerel in the middle of it, which I don't think looks great. But when they got that um, Nike shirt, the dark blue Nike shirt that came out with the very old style cockerel like it was very detailed in the embroidery I think that looks absolutely fantastic that old style one that they brought and I think a lot of Nike um, kits that year had that I think the Dutch might have done something similar they changed their crest to to something a bit older yeah I don't know what the situation is with with France because they had another logo which was like a blue white and red FFF thing which was like a corporate thing and then they had the the crest on the shirt so they kept the same one um, something that France used to do is the old crest they would have it was like a an oldie style cockerel and it, and it had like a, a base on it and it had FFF officially so on the replica shirts it would have FFF but in each game they would remove the FFF and put the game details in that little rectangle ah. which used to look quite good I like that yeah mm. um, now yeah like you say France now have uh, they have like the styled cockerel, which they they did wear on. They have worn on Nike shirts. Well, they certainly wore on the last Adidas shirt, and I'm not sure if they've. I think they have worn it on Nike shirts as well. I think they did. I've got this memory of it being in the hexagon rather than just being embroidered on. And yeah, I'm sure I've I'm sure I've seen a picture of it. I'm sure this is true. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have to backtrack on this one. I'm sure we're both right now. Okay, and. <laughs> So, but the last shirt that they wore at the 
at the last World Cup. So the, there's a new one being released very soon, and I don't know if it's probably going to come out this week. If not, if it hasn't already been released, um, the they had a, like a very old style crest, like you mentioned, which was great. Yeah, I think it's something that they'd worn like back in the fifties or something like that, and it was. I think the, the beauty about that one is to see it drawn like if someone had drawn it and they put it on design football it might not have looked great but it was the way that it had been embroidered and you could see the details actually in the cockerel i thought was very good it was something that would only work on a shirt rather than on paper Mm. Mm. and uh, tottenham have got something similar as well yeah so i mean they've come up with this sort of monochrome blue uh, cockerel standing on the football and I just think as a modern interpretation of what they've had before I think that's come out very well I think I hope Tottenham fans are very happy with what has come out there because I really like that mm. um, the regarded crests and, and the sort of age of them and uh, whether they can endure for, for decades or not there's a, a strange situation in Scotland at the minute that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so a lot of the teams, is, it's not as, as popular, is it, to change crests in Scotland in general, would you say? I would say most of the crests I can think of have been around for as long as I can remember. There's a handful that go against that, but mostly they stay about for a long time. Right. I mean, Celtic slightly amend it, and for their centenary, they, they bring in the... the the Celtic cross and that's slightly different as they did do and then they did it for the 125th anniversary as well yeah um but they've mostly had the four-leaf clover uh and this because the club name has changed because now it's like a PLC I think and what it used to be was the uh Celtic football and athletic company but it was like written as CO why which was a great crest when it when it used to add that worded around the outside that was fantastic <laughs> um but there's something else that's going on in scotland at the minute where this there's, there's a legal situation about using certain her, her heraldic elements in the in the crest is that right with some of the small smaller teams is it or is it like it's affecting quite big teams and little teams um so the problem that they're having at the moment is well, the difference between Scotland and England, in England, if you want to make a crest, you can have it look however you want, and if you register it as a trademark, that's you, you're golden. In Scotland, we've got a very old-fashioned style of doing this. We've got a guy called the Lord Lion, then um, it's spelt the same way as Leon, the football team, and he's in charge of heraldry in Scotland. Now, if he was to look at a crest and decide that it could be described heraldically then it needs to be registered with him and as soon as you can decide as soon as you can describe something heraldically it needs to follow certain rules to even go through him and be registered and a lot of the clubs in Scotland through the top division top division right the way down are having trouble with this at the moment because they don't they can be described heraldically, but they've got parts in them which they're not allowed to have. So I think the main two ones that are affecting most of the sides are you're not allowed to have a saltire in your crest and you're not allowed to have letters within the crest either. 
and a lot of people are going to fall foul of this. Now, usually, I mean, it's not been a problem. I mean, there's clubs that have had their crests for many, many years and it's not been brought up because he will only pursue something if it is brought to him. So I've actually had a conversation with him in the past when I was researching a Kilmarnock logo from because uh, we've fallen foul of this in the past so i was doing a bit of research and he was talking to me and he was saying look i don't go about looking for these but if they are presented to me then i have a legal i have a legal obligation to go and deal with it and someone had come and someone in england had complained about airdrie's logo airdrieonians they just changed their name back from airdrie united to airdrieonians and they wanted to use an old crest but they tried to register it in England as a trademark and the trademark office in England made the Lord Lion aware that this was happening and it wasn't allowed. So then, because he'd been made aware of it, he had to follow through with telling them to cease and desist using it. And they did, and they had to change it, I think, what they did in the end, and I'm not sure if they'll keep this, but I quite, I quite like it just as a bit of comedy. They just took the border of the shield away. So now they've got the scrolls down the bottom and they've got the things that were inside the shield just floating above it, which I quite like. I think it's quite funny. But mm. um, the story goes that an Airdrie fan who was not best pleased about this reported all the other clubs for it. Mm. And then and then things start to go wrong. Yeah, so because it has been brought to the Lord Lion's attention he can't uh, really avoid it now so there's a lot of clubs I think there's 42 professional clubs in Scotland, or sorry 42 league clubs in Scotland and about 25 of them could be affected by this Okay. It's, so what are the two elements again, the the saltire which is the Scottish flag so it's the cross of St Andrew? The cross of St Andrew yeah so if you want to have that in your registered heraldic arms then it needs to be because you are a national corporation or you're nationally important and Air United that I'll probably use as an example for most of it are not nationally important <laughs> as much as <laughs> as much as the fans might think otherwise I'm afraid they're not so that's where they are going to fall foul of this and the other one was the letters inside the shape inside the heraldic arms you can't have that you can't have sorry uh, uh, letters Letters. You're aware what? of them? Words? <laughs> it, inside the heraldic shape. What does that mean then? So if you have a shield and it's got, say that it's divided into four quarters and you have like something, something FC in there, that wouldn't be allowed? Is it's right? not allowed, no. So, uh, I mean, these, I think the post of the Lord Line was, it came together in an act in the 1500s. So we're not talking about modern things here at all. But one of the rules about heraldry is you can't have words, letters inside your shield. They need to be an, a scroll underneath or above. You can't have them inside the shape. Okay, so where where are we at at the minute? This is so this is bound to affect. We we think it's bound to affect several teams. Are we are we sort of in a limbo situation at the minute? What's going on with it? It's the the issue seems to have died down a little bit now. My theory behind this, and I hope me speaking about it doesn't bring it up again. <laughs> but um, the I mean the Lord Lion's been made out to be a baddie here by a lot of the 
the fans of the football clubs because he's telling them to do this and I don't th- he isn't a baddie his job is mostly ceremonial so the fact that he has had brought to his attention 25 or so big I mean in, in terms of like media coverage big companies and this is more work than he'd ever wanted to do in his ceremonial role he usually just goes after golf clubs and stuff who are using it incorrectly to make them seem more prestigious than they are this isn't something that he wants to deal with so it's gone quiet I'd like to think it's been brushed under the carpet so that he doesn't have to deal with it and common sense is prevailing I really hope that's what's happening but it has gone quiet lately okay because I, I worry for Air United because them having to change what they paint onto a woman's breast for the next kit launch would be awful. <laughs> yeah, they do that, don't they? Mm. Uh, Scumbags. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, so it's, it is interesting. Maybe they could. Maybe that guy could somehow go after QPR a few years ago when they decided to bring out that sort of crest themselves, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's it's an odd one. It's exciting because a load of teams are going to have to get a new crest. But as you say, they seem to be getting round it through looking for loopholes, which that's a sad way of dealing with it, I suppose. But you can understand why they do it. I mean, it's got the potential, if it does follow through, to be well, quite an exciting time for crest design if half a league has to change its crests. Um, that could be quite interesting. But it's... It's something that has happened before in Scotland. I know um, Rangers were talking about that crest that may or may never have been worn on a kit, we're not sure. It used to look slightly different to that, but someone complained about it and they agreed amicably with the Lord Lion to sort of change one or two things so it couldn't be described heraldically anymore so they could get away with it. Now, Kilmarnock, the team that I support, have had a problem with it in the past and we have had to change our logo and we have had to have it registered. So our backstory was that somebody, we don't know who, it's all anonymous, but the Kilmarnock fans will say it was a Rangers fan because I think it had just happened after Rangers (laughs) had to change little bits. Uh, Our crest was based, well not based, it was the crest of the clan Boyd, which are the clan that were around Kilmarnock. Now, we just took it and we used it as our crest and we had done for many, many years but it got complained about and because it was an individual case I think it was pursued and we had to register a new coat of arms. Now, we kind of... We made it look as much like the original as possible but we didn't have a shield in the middle of it we changed it to a football and like an the adidas telstar football which i think's awful because it's going to date now because you can see exactly when it was made because the that's when the telstar was popular but we need to stick with that now because it's described in what's called a certificate of matriculation so once you register with the lord line your coat of arms he gives you a certificate and it describes it heraldically with all these fancy words in it how it actually like how to actually draw it wait, so wait, wait a second i'll give you a little quote i've i've pulled it up in my computer it's in one of my many tabs that i've got open so here we go so the Kilmarnock crest is perfes argent and azure a fes checky argent and sable 
Above the shield is placed a helm suitable to an incorporation, a salet proper lined with gules, and mantling azure, doubled argent on a wreath of liveries is set for crest. Okay. <laughs> so that... it's it's a page, it's like an A3 page, because I've actually seen this certificate, it's in the player's lounge at Kilmarnock, or it used to be anyway, and it's a big, like, written in old style, handwritten on, like, sh- like goat skin. It's very old fashioned. But I, I, that the whole thing is interesting because you, you do see the Telstar football on a lot of crests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and surely that is a bit dodgy in itself, isn't it? So <laughs> it's uh, it, it frustrates me so much because the reason I looked into all this, I wanted to change the Comarnic badge um, because we had a couple of anniversaries coming up, and w- one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to change that ball to a more old style ball, like the one that's on the Tottenham crest, something like that. In fact. The designs that I came up with are on Design Football, so if you go and type in Martin Leroy, you'll find them somewhere. But the way that the football is actually described is it needs to be black and white. So it doesn't say, and thou must make an Adidas Telstar. <laughs> it says it needs to be black and white, and it's uh, it frustrates me because I wanted it to be like an old brown football, but because it's described as black and white, it causes issues. Like we'd have to try and register to get it changed. Well, I I don't understand because I never knew that was Daddy Das Ball. It was just like the seventies ball. Yeah. And obviously, since then, I've realised it is an Adidas ball. But you, it's so ubiquitous that you just think, why isn't Adidas suing all these people who have decided to take their design? Because there's intellectual property there, surely, and people are just putting it on their crest or depicted oh i've got a, a football summer school uh that that i run in uh here's here's the logo that i put up oh right so adidas are sponsoring it well adidas no <laughs> that would be great th- but they're not so it's like it could uh, possibly be that something even subliminal like how i mean the big football teams n- never chased up the people who were making the very obvious fakes like when you used to go on holiday when you were a kid to spain because it they were obviously not the real kits, but it sort of advertised them a bit. So perhaps Adidas sort of let it go because you'll see this ball everywhere. And then when you go to a shop, because it's their intellectual property, you will only see the Adidas Telstar. And the kids will say, there's the football that's in the logo. I'll take that, please, Dad. Thank you. That's. I think that's brilliantly summed up. That seems to be the case. Those, those shirts are shocking. You see them on Oxford Street in London <laughs> now. And I just can't believe that... Uh, it's just awful that why that someone isn't shutting those people down because that's not good advertising everyone knows who who man united and chelsea and liverpool are i think they 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 get away with it because it's so bad that's why they it's so bad that they know that it's not real and no one can possibly know that they're the real kits so they just let them away with it Mm. There, there are a couple of teams i think locomotive moscow and there's a french team i can't remember who it is uh but yeah, I can't remember, but that actually have a tango football on the, and that's even more clearly Adidas. Why have the, why are they allowed there? That that thing. I want a team to have like the ball from the the two thousand and two World Cup on it or something <laughs> on, on their crest that they're still going to have gold in with years. the triangle shape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be a good thing for people to have. Okay, uh, so that's so, so what we just watched this space on that thing in Scotland then. I think, yeah, watch this space, and if you don't hear anything about it, I think the sensible thing has happened. It's just going to get brushed under the carpet, and 
the crests will stay because for someone who just holds a her- uh, traditional ceremonial role, it's not what he signed up to do. It's a lot <laughs> of work for a small office. I can imagine it. I can imagine him like wearing his like big gown and his I don't know what he wears and like expected to to no. open up like a new section of a hospital or something. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Like because all the fans are like, look how like he's a big pompous twat. Look at these photos of him, and it's just this poor guy who has done his life's work. Like he used to be a lawyer, and he's just been he's been made a lord. It's a ceremonial role for him to retire on, and then people are digging up all these photos of him, going, look at me, he's so pompous he's so establishment he's trying to destroy our club and then the poor guy's like oh no i'm not i just want to retire and sit in my office and fall asleep i I do that does sound quite menacing though for someone to say i don't want to cause you problems but i have to as if it's like inbuilt Uh in him i I have no choice but to do this it is my calling but uh, yeah i i've I, I, it's a shame that, that that is what's happened. There's like a domino effect where someone has has got in trouble for it, so then they've got oh, okay. Well, our rivals, our rivals have got a similar thing going on, so we'll just report them, and then it just it knocks on like that. That's that's a shame. Yeah. Um, Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. One hundred percent online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So, uh, recently I, I chatted with Austin Long about... Uh, MLS and the the football clubs therein, or football franchises, maybe let's call them. Um, th- this we talked about a lot of the kit releases, but when we t- spoke to him, a lot of them hadn't come out yet. There's a couple that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, have you have you seen the Toronto kit? So is this the, uh, like I did Google this? Is this the Toronto away one, the white one? Yeah, it's yeah. it's white. the The most interesting thing about it is that it could be worn with blue or red shorts. So it, on the p- publicity images, they, uh, uh, I don't know, that when they had the uh, the modelling thing, whatever they do, they they were wearing it both with red shorts and blue shorts. It's, I, I don't know what, why that's good. I don't know why that happens. Do you have any feelings on it? I would say, I would think that when the home top comes out, the home kit comes out, it's going to have either the blue or red shorts. I think probably the red. I think Toronto play in all red usually. 
Or do they play with... Oh, maybe not, because don't they play with, like, graphite grey shorts? Oof. Right, okay, oh. I'm going I'm going to completely retract everything I said there. I know nothing about Toronto. Um, yeah, but they stagger that anyway, so I think it's just a... They stagger, like, they, they have... the. Generally speaking, they have one kit is released one season, and then the other is released the other season. So I expect Toronto released a home kit last season, which they'll carry on into this year. So I don't think it's about interchangeability. I think it's saying either we'll get more use out of this away kit if we have both red shorts and blue shorts. Generally speaking, we love this because interchangeability is like what it should be and it should be swapped with the home kit and you should have socks that could be worn with all three kits. And all, uh, this is all great. But I don't, I don't know why they've gone, we need two sets of shorts for it. If, if, it, if it comes along and the home kit doesn't have either of those shorts, then... I think that's a bad thing that they've done. Naughty them. Because um, it's, I mean, so the home top is, by and large, white. It's got a red band across the top and a little bit of blue, which they're making an absolute huge fuss about. And then the shorts are, by and large, white. So they're not going to have a colour clash, which is going to mean they're going to have to change their shorts. Surely. Mm, I don't know. So, oh, what we say this is then? Is this the home kit or the away kit? Secondary jersey, it says Sec- on the MLS Secondary website. jersey. Okay. Um, I I I don't know because it's got the red and the and the blue. It obviously ties in with both pairs of shorts. Watford did this a couple of years ago. They released a home kit with red shorts and black shorts. It might be the season they got promoted. I'm not sure. Um, which. Is good, but I don't think that kit had any red on the shirt. Maybe so it didn't tie in with the red shorts. I don't know. I it's it seems like a gimmicky thing rather than for purpose. I think I it know. is because are the MLS? I know they used to be. Are they not quite strict on on color clashes? Are they not quite strict on what your shirts can actually be? So it's the same as like the NFL. They've got a dark shirt and a light shirt. So this thing shouldn't really happen. I know yeah. the J-League were very big on it for a while and I'm sure the MLS are the same mm. okay uh, well it's it's a, a thing we noticed anyway so uh, maybe maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing but it's uh, we're talking about it which is obviously the most important thing as, as always I think it's what, it's what they plan because they've made a big thing you read the promotional spiel that goes along with it and they're making a big thing about the blue being inside it so it's worked. Mm. We're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, the other kit I noticed that we didn't talk—I didn't talk to Austin about—was uh, the FC Dallas. I don't think I spoke to him about this. I don't think it'd been released at that point. Um, so the new Adidas kits have got stripes down the sides rather than on the sleeves. Now, something that hasn't really happened is the obvious thing of the—it has happened where the the team wears the same colour shirt as the shorts—is that the stripes just continue. So it's unbroken between the shirt and the shorts, which is an obvious thing because the shorts always have the stripes down the side. Yeah. With FC Dallas, what they've done is put a panel in onto the white shorts, a, a red panel onto the white shorts, so the white stripes from the shirt can continue unbroken onto the shorts, which I quite like. That's the most interesting thing about that kit for me. Um, is is that a look that you like? Hold on a second. I'm just finding the pictures of it. I'd only had a picture of the shirt up. Alright, okay, we've got it. Alright, I see what you mean. 
I think... Right, okay, so and I know you like that carrying on to the shirts, and I think there is a danger of it, though, becoming over the top. Like, just ha- having that element going all the way through the kit, it can just look like you're trying too hard, possibly, but just as my first reactions, because I've just brought that picture up there, it looks okay. It looks pretty good. They've done it quite well. Although all the pictures I'm looking, I'm pretty sure that the stripes are perfectly lined up on the shirts and the shorts, so that might help. Mm. Well, that's that's good attention to detail. I'm glad that they've done that. It's uh, I, I was looking at this is a stupid thing that that I it's just super geeky. But Wales in the early '80s had oh, I don't know which year, but Wales had like a an Arsenal style shirt. So the current Scotland shirt has got the white sleeves, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so that is a, a thing that obviously you're not a fan of. But it's the current Scotland shirt. It doesn't matter. They won't be seen in a tournament. It's not going to be that embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> the, so the Wales shirt had that, that design, essentially that exactly, um, in the early 80s, which was like a, an Ar- Arsenal-esque look if we look back on it. But at that point, I don't even know that Adidas had the Arsenal contract. Uh, I think that Arsenal's kit was still made by Umbro at that point. They went over to Adidas and they Arsenal didn't have that, what you'd call a, a raglan sleeve until much later, like 88, I think, was the first season that they had that. Instead, they had just the sleeves in white. So really, Wales predates the Arsenal shirt even though it looks like an Arsenal shirt so it's only looking back that you you view it that way as an Arsenal shirt because it's very it would have looked very different from an Arsenal shirt at the time uh, but the reason I bring that up is that on the Scotland kit on the Wales kit the the shorts had a big panel down the side and one of the first kits that had that big panel and then you put the white stripes into the red so similar to these shorts that we're talking about now for uh, FC Dallas and it sort of balanced that out and we haven't seen too much of that this season so I'm glad that a team has done that Um, but Scotland haven't done it have they Scotland have got what have they got navy shorts are they wearing with that kit was it white white shorts I think they've gone white shorts this kit yeah so kind of going against the grain of the whole monocolour thing that seems to be popular at the moment because they had the blue shorts before but I'm sure they've gone for white shorts this time so it'll be the blue stripes down the side but yeah, then blue... but... oh no carry on no it, it just it, it, for me I think I've probably said this before on this podcast but I, I'm still obsessed with it clearly is that the shorts should have a blue panel then and the white stripes on it to balance out the fact that it's got the raglan sleeves on the shirt but I, I, I don't know that's a, a small point concerning a shirt which is probably pretty unpopular amongst Scotland fans it's it's love or hate, it really is love or hate um, the thing that the Scotland kit does, so the Dallas one that we're talking about the panel's there because the shirt's red, the shorts are white so it's to the continuity of the colour of the stripes, now the Scotland top despite it being of this new Adidas season they've got the stripes still on the sleeves rather than down the side so it's on the white sleeves that they've got the dark blue stripes so on the shorts is white and it's got the dark blue stripes so there is a continuity there between the two of them and I, I think yeah. they've done okay with that oh yeah that's a fair point that does tie in there 
Yeah, okay. All right, I'll take that point. Yeah, that's another way of looking at it. Okay, good. Uh, staying on MLS for a second, uh, the crests. So how do you feel about, let's say, emerging nations when it comes to... Because with the USA, let's, let's call them re-emerging. But with these, these modern leagues, so you've got the Chinese league that is, is blowing up at the minute, um, J-League, uh, K-League, these are quite... In modern times, these are these are big leagues. Uh, what do you think of the crests in those for those teams? Uh, is that the style that you like, or is it is it a pity that they've they've had to come up with these logos essentially? The problem that occurs with some of the logos is the people who have designed them, or the brief that's been given by the owners of the clubs, is to make them seem like they've got a history. So it's almost like getting back to this QPR logo that you hated so much. It's it's a full history that's trying to be created with these. So I'm trying to like pick out maybe a, a couple, one in particular. I think the, the Real Salt Lake one is in a shield and it's got the crown. And I think the whole concept of Real Salt Lake is ridiculous. Because like Royal is Spanish for Royal. That's why they're called that. Like Real Madrid and etc. So when I heard that they were coming up with a MLS team called Real Salt Lake, I just cringed. So mm. I think, and I think their logo sort of, it sort of joins in with that. They've got the crown, so they're emphasising the royal, and it's America. That <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. I suppose the, the the other yeah. So they then I suppose the conclusion is that those sort of crests have their place if they're open and honest about it and say, well, we, we were formed in the 90s or the 2000s or, or the mm-hmm. 2010s. Um, so that's why our crest looks this way. But if they they try to create a backstory, then it's, it's not really going to work out. No. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think some of, the mo- some of the more modern teams, the ones that have been created more recently like the Vancouver Whitecaps or Impact Montreal their crests I think are better but then again that might be something that ages when they move on when they become an older team I think they've done better certainly you can see with Houston Dynamo and their crest just I I don't like that crest and Mm. even New England Revolution like in American sports I follow the New England teams so I'm supposed to follow the Revolution but I think they've probably got the worst crest out of all of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I had words with Austin about this, and uh, yeah, he's he he sides with you on that. I think. Uh, but I, I, I uh, talking about footballs being integrated into into crest, that is the Champions League ball. <laughs> it is, crest. Yeah. So, but that, it could uh, predate that though, because I'm sure they've just they've almost ripped that logo off from the '94 World Cup style logo. I'm sure they have, like, because. I mean, I couldn't tell you when they were founded or when that logo was made, but I'd imagine it'd be a similar era. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what the World Cup logo looked like. So, mm. that with that... No, wait, the Champions League was in 82, wasn't it? So. Uh, yeah, 92, 93 yeah. was the first okay, season so, of the Champions so it, League. It's okay, so it was probably after that then. So Yeah. yeah I, just... I, I think that they did have... Yeah, yeah, that, they did have that logo. They weren't using it as a football straight away, I don't think. I think teams used their own 
the home team pick the football in those in those seasons. Oh, than having... yeah, I remember that because I remember for years sitting thinking the logo is a football with stars on it, and you're not making a ball yeah. with stars on it. So the minute that they came out, the first one came out, and the stars were black rather than the details they've got now. With uh, wherever the final is going to be held, yeah. I bought that first Champions League football because I was like, "That's such an obvious thing. You should have done this years yeah. ago." Yeah, I think maybe they thought it was a little bit corny, but then in the end, they just went, "People will buy it, so we'll do it." But it is great. I do love the Champions League ball, the star ball. Um, okay, so we have, as usual, which this is going to become a a regular thing. We have uh, a couple of retractions and corrections to make. Uh, we did a rugby podcast with uh, Dennis Hurley. I can't remember episode seven, maybe. Yeah. And uh, Dennis Hurley was adamant. We we almost we it was uh we had words about it because I was sure that that there would be specific rugby boots and uh, they would be different for different positions on the field of play. And I've been now informed um, by various people that that is the case. But Dennis was sure that it wasn't and Dennis is incredibly knowledgeable when he told me a lot about rugby on that podcast but he seemed to think that rugby players wore football boots as in soccer boots but that doesn't seem to be the case so apologies for that they do have rugby specific boots um even Kean Healy who uh Dennis brought up I think he he wears rugby specific boots do, do you have any thoughts on this Martin yeah um so I listened to that one quite recently because as we record this this is the most recent one that's been out so I've just listened to it recently and I was sitting thinking I'm sure there's different bits for different positions and different rugby bits like so I knew without a doubt that there were rugby bits there always has been because if you're getting involved in scrums and malls then you need to get that traction in the ground so people who wear those boots have got big massive metal studs so they can grip the ground so I knew that but if you're someone who's not involved with the scrums of the malls that often like if you're maybe a fullback or something then you can get away with football boots but they're definitely different ones yeah Okay, well that's uh, that's it's good to know because most of that podcast uh, we were saying how football could learn from rugby, and that was like the flip side of it, where it's like, well, they've got to have specific boots for their sport. They've even got specific boots for their sport. So basically, football is behind rugby in most ways in use of technology, in different uh, different I think different shirts as well. The different players wear different. So I said as well that. Uh, I'm surprised that different positions on the pitch don't wear different shirts, and I think they do that as well. So they is I'm that pretty right? Sure they, I'm pretty sure they do. Um, the, again, the players who are going to be in the scrums and the malls, they usually wear more padding than the other players, so they'll need. To, I mean, that just makes a completely different body shape. So mm. I'm sure the high end on pitch kits will vary from position to position. Mm. I'm sure they will. They they know what they're doing in rugby, and we yeah they do. Football football is being run really poorly there are certain things that football does well with the traditionalism and uh retaining the integrity of the shirt colors they're doing quite well in football which in they're not in rugby because it's just a horrible mess because of all the sponsors and everything else yeah uh but everything else rugby seems to be ahead of football and that's that's not good yeah Uh, they can definitely Mm. learn from it like i mean rugby has evolved very 
quickly like you were talking about in that podcast how back in 95 they were still wearing kits that seemed like they were from 40 years before and because I've been alive and I can remember these things that's been such a strange thing football kits haven't really changed that much in that amount of time but I've got rugby tops Scotland rugby tops that were made by Pringle like so the first ever Scotland rugby top to be manufactured by someone who put their manufacturer's label on it was Pringle who make golf jumpers <laughs> and then the one after that was cotton traders like cotton it was just a lump of cotton so it's changed so much in short, so in such a short amount of time that they haven't raced to catch up with football they've just raced to what technology can provide them with mm. and football needs to learn from that yeah that's it's a pity now it's interesting that you bring this up because uh, I we don't often talk about leaks on here because for various reasons and I spoke to John Devlin about it and he he's not a fan of leaks because uh, you get a uh, you, you don't get to see the shirt in in the way the manufacturer would would like you to see it so that's it, it's a grainy picture sometimes which I don't know why any photograph should be grainy today when uh, <laughs> when your your phone in your pocket has a decent camera on it but anyway. Uh, so the pictures aren't great. You don't see it the way it's meant to be presented. It might not be the finished article. It might be a fake and all this. That's, so they're the problems with leaks. Um, the thing with... The, the, I've just seen a leak, which is the USA, probably the away shirt, uh, which is black. And one sleeve is, is red and the other sleeve is blue. Now, we talk about technology. One of my bugbears is that uh, we don't have alternate sleeve base layers yet in football. Now, Nike are also making a big deal of their new uh, base layer range. So I think when we see these new kits being released, we might see for the first time a, um, a team-specific and purpose-specific alternate sleeve base layer. I think the new USA away I can, shirt... I can hear the joy in your voice that this <laughs> is happening. <laughs> well, uh, it will be the first USA shirt that I buy. I will have to buy the shirt, obviously, to go with the base layer, which I'll certainly be buying. Um, but it will have one red sleeve or one blue sleeve. I, I'm almost certain of it. Because w- the, the last time this happened, and I thought this could, this could be the case, was this season's Birmingham away shirt, which is the German flag thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got uh, one yellow sleeve and one black sleeve. And I thought, okay, well, they're going to have to have alternate sleeve base layers to go with this. Uh, But they didn't. They just wear black base layers with it. And you could sort of understand that because one of the sleeves is correct, which, all right, so it meets the regulations for that one side, which is, that's the sort of the status quo of the teams like Blackburn. They they match on one of the sleeves. and it's also a neutral colour, so it's a lack of colour, let's say. So that's okay. But with the new USA shirt, if you wear a black base layer with it, the main body of the shirt is black, then you're breaking the re- regulations. You're, you're breaching regulations, sorry. Uh, because neither sleeve will look like the long sleeve version of the shirt. So it's the short sleeve shirt with base layer is supposed to look like long sleeve shirt, if that makes sense. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. Okay, so... They can't wear a black base layer with it, I don't think, because that will breach regulations. So, and I can't see them wearing a red or a blue base layer with it. That would just look weird. So I think we're going to have it. The Nike are making too much of a big deal of their new base layer range to to mess this up again. (laughs) So 
Well, I hope you're not disappointed. I can just see the next podcast starting with you crying because they've it, released it and they're going to wear like a red base layer with it. I can just, oh, poor wee it, it can't. It's not going to happen. It's This is happening. This is, this is, it's on. This is going to happen. They, we have it. It is here. I can smell it. You do remember you're talking about football here, and nothing has to make sense. If something's an obvious thing, it doesn't happen. You do know this. It's I, I won't be able to handle it. It it it'll be too much if they mess this up again. Oh, okay. Well, that has been lots of fun. I look forward to my base layer. Uh, thank you for talking to me about Crest. There is a competition on the website at the minute, which is a weekly Crest competition. So a new team is picked every week. And then people design fantasy crests for that team. Uh, it's it's been really good. We'll you'll have seen on Twitter and Facebook that we've been sharing a lot of the designs from that and other crest designs in the run up to this uh, podcast being published. So uh, go and check that out. Uh, Martin, is there anything you would like me to mention that you're up to at the minute? <laughs> um, I think in the future, uh, like I'm a teacher at the moment and teaching's going down the pan so I'm going to do a last minute attempt to do something interesting with my life and I'm going to start a YouTube channel soon but not to do with football so I'll mention it but it's got nothing to do with football but hopefully more details on that soon yeah well that that does sound good um, it's oh, oh, science-y I believe it's going to be yeah. about science yeah so I'm a science teacher and well I love science and I love telling people about things, but I don't like paperwork. So hopefully, this is the <laughs> the happy medium. This is uh, this is social commentary as well. We're doing now. Teaching <laughs> is going down the pan. <laughs> That's uh, quite nihilistic. That view. Yeah, but it is definitely yeah. serious. Oh, oh, I I couldn't possibly argue with you. Uh, okay, so if you want to chat to me, I'm J Twenty Niners. If you want to message j j29 on twitter that is uh if you're unaware uh if you want to say something to the website it's design football on twitter if you want to like us on facebook it's designfootball.com uh and that's basically it we'll be talking to someone else about some other things very soon on another podcast so stay tuned for that uh acast is who we do these podcasts through. So you can subscribe on Acast, you could download the app for phones and that kind of thing, and you will see the notes. So I've talked a lot in this podcast about there being notes. If you want to see the notes and click on the links and all that kind of thing, then you need to uh, listen to this podcast through Acast and then they'll pop up on the screen as you're listening. Uh, or you could get it on iOS and various other things. But you're already listening to this, so I would hope that you have an idea of how you can listen to a podcast. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much, Martin. You're welcome. Cue the funky guitar music. <laughs> Here it comes. Okay. That was messy. <laughs> <laughs>
Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.